Hey, veterans. Welcome to the VA Claims Insider Podcast. We are veterans helping veterans get the VA disability rating and compensation you deserve. I'm your host, Air Force Service Disabled Veteran Brian Reese, and each week we share VA disability claim tips, tricks, strategies, and lessons learned to help you win, service connect, and get rated at the appropriate level, even if you've already filed or been denied. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. Hey Insiders, it's Leah here from the med team. Um, Hope everybody can see me. Just like last time, if if you guys are out there, give me a thumbs up so I can know you're there. Um, Today we are here to discuss some Q&A, questions and answers from the last time we did a video, and also some things that I've noticed on um, the VA Claims Insider page. So anybody there? Anyone want to give me a thumbs up so I know you're watching? Looks like we got a few viewers. Okay, cool. All right. So um, let's get started then. So question number one. Well, well, actually, I want to throw some shout outs first. So before I get in my in my groove, I want to let you guys know that you guys really pump me up, okay? So I'm super excited to be here. Um, the last time we made a video, it was... You know, I anticipated maybe like 30 people watching it, right? So I was like, maybe we'll answer some questions for some vets. But that video has hit almost 50,000 views. I am floored, right? Between YouTube and Facebook, we have reached so many veterans. And it's been, the, the outpouring has been incredible. Um, I also want you guys to know that um, you are... We're doing this together. We're doing some groundbreaking stuff. We're creating jobs for veterans too. Between Brian and and all of the subcontracting medical um, team and site team members, there's over 65 employees at this time. Um, And that's crazy, 90% of which are service-connected disabled veterans as well. And that's all because of you guys, okay? It's all because of you guys. So we are just breaking boundaries and just, you know, doing things for you guys and for vets on our side. So thank you so much for allowing us this opportunity to, to be a part of your team and you a part of our team. Um, so anyways, I'm going to get off that and, and get back to the real questions at hand um, today. So the first question um, that I got from some people was um, how do you, okay, uh, how do we get the clinics to do their job on the other end, okay? So we do our job here at VA Claims Insider helping you guys, but how do we get the clinics that you guys go to to do, do what it is that we need, you to, we need them to do? And it's not like fraudulent things, it's just actually documenting your stuff appropriately, right? So, I mean, I went over this a little bit on my last video, so I'll touch base on it again. Um, I don't go in there and I tell them, I need you to do this for my VA disability. You know, maybe if you have like super strong rapport with your medical provider, they're your family physician, you've been seeing them for years, you can tell them, hey, do it this way. This is the way Leah said, you know, this is the way VA Claims Insider says we can win our case. Great. But a lot of times we have people that are just, 
not wanting to help you with those things. So I would say just be very clear. Um, don't add a whole bunch of extra information. Um, generally going in for one thing at a time is going to help you. So if you're going in for gastric reflux, for example, one of my golden ticket items, right? You go in there and you say, man, I've had this heartburn for years, right? Um, can I get a prescription for something for that, right? If you're going in there and you're hitting them with like 50 different things, not all of that's going to get captured. But if you go in there and you're like, I want to address my gastric reflux, you bet your, you bet your bottom dollar they're going to put it in your record, right? But if you're hitting them with 10 or 15 things, you know, they're human too. And they're not necessarily going to document everything as appropriately as it should, as it should be. Um, in addition to that, we talked last time about sending, sending you guys to urgent care um, or to, you know, wherever. I would not use the VA. I mean, they do a great job. I think their system is overloaded. And if you have a great VA provider, use them. Otherwise, use your, use your insurance and go see your primary doctor. We can upload those records just as easily as we can use the documentation from the VA. Um, you know, and the VA, sometimes the providers there, you know, even though they're fantastic, sometimes they might even be um, a little jaded. And I know we've addressed that several times in the past. Um, different, you know, I think uh, my buddy Terrell, my favorite VCE, likes to say, you know, they like to be gym class heroes. So, you know, sometimes it's better just to use your personal um insurance and just go see someone who's not going to put their personal spin on your records, right? Um, so I guess that's that's my, my first answer to that question is just be very clear. Don't add a bunch of personal drama about how you've been screwed over so many times. This and that, just stick to the facts. Stick to the facts. Don't get inflammatory. Just go in there, be respectful, be, be you know, level-headed and just stick to the facts, okay? Um, so next question, um, a lot of people have been reaching out to me personally, which is fantastic, right? So people reach out to me um, via email. I think I have my phone number online, which I love talking to you guys, but the, the response was so overwhelming, I had to kind of like pull that off, right? Um, I have a, I have my own Facebook page, Prestige Worldwide Medical Consulting. You guys are, I would love for you guys to join there. Um, but as far as how do you guys reach me, it's through VA Claims Insider, okay? So Prestige Worldwide Medical Consulting, that's, you know, me, um, and VA Claims Insider are like peanut butter and jelly, okay? We're like peanut butter and jelly. There is no, there is no Leah doing Nexus letters without uh, VA Claims Insider because in tandem, we can do so much more together, right? So if you need to get a hold of me, what you need to do is just sign up on the link um, and, and we'll get you with the right people. Um, there's a great organization that Brian has that, that together we can make these claims happen, okay? Um, so that's that's step one. Um, I do have my web, you know, my Facebook page. Again, mostly that's going to redirect you back to Brian. I'm glad to answer a couple of questions here and there that may just be very... Um, you know, non-specific. I can't dig into your case and do all that kind of stuff. Only I, and I would love to, but only because it really takes away from the veterans um, that that I am working on. Um, I see you down there, Kevin Wonderland. Hi, working on your stuff right now. Um, so, 
I think you're asking a question live right now that's about your military medical records um, when St. Louis doesn't have them. I mean, that's a really tough question. Um, you know, I would have to dig in more with you on that as to where, what is their response? Why are they saying that they're, the, the archives don't have them? Things like that. If they're saying they're destroyed, sometimes things are just not recreatable and we have to get creative, right? We have to figure out stuff, whether it's buddy statements, you know, or whatever. Um, okay, so before I continue on, on, without getting to the next question, let me get to the next question. Um, so VA keep, and I'm reading the questions off my computer screen here. So um, VA keeps denying my secondary sleep apnea, even though I have a nexus letter from my VA provider. Um, I think they don't want me to qualify for special monthly compensation. Well, that's two questions, kind of, right? So let's address the first part. So the VA keeps denying your nexus letter written by your VA provider. Well, it's possible that your VA provider doesn't know how to write a nexus letter right. I have seen some Nexus letters that I'm just like, I'm glad they're trying. And that's VA providers, civilian providers, whoever. If you're a civilian provider, writes a Nexus letter that states, it is my professional opinion that his toe pain should be um, recognized secondary to his eyeball pain. And it's more likely than not, you know, relevant. Okay, well, they use those magic bullets, right? They use those magic statements, but the argument still has to be supported, just because they say more likely than not, if they don't have a supporting argument, the VA is going to just throw it out. So it's, it's kind of, you know, those nexus letters we write, any provider can write them, right? But we write them with a like fast and furious accuracy, right? And a non-educated um, provider doesn't know how to do it right. You're more than welcome to show them my videos. And I hope that providers across the country can get better at doing this because as amazing as it is that we have these jobs and we have this ability to help you guys, I wish nothing more in the world than the VA to do this on their own without us, right? Without us intervening. And I guarantee you, Brian, what feels the same way. Um, unfortunately, but fortunately, we're filling this hole that the that needs to be filled, right? Um, I know I'm probably gonna get some laughs on that one, but um, I wish that we didn't have to exist, but here we are, and that's not changing, right? So feel free to share my videos with your providers, and maybe they'll learn something about about doing this for you and for other veterans, okay? Um, so the second part of that question was on special monthly compensation. Okay. Sleep apnea is not an issue that we, um, consider special monthly compensation for, right? So I pulled up a couple of excerpts, um, that I wanted to show you guys on special monthly compensation on my computer. So hang on one second. Okay. So special monthly compensation for those of you who don't know, um, special monthly compensation is, is extra scheduler pay, right? So if you're a hundred percent, um, service connected disabled, if you have any of the following conditions, these will be rated off on top of that, that rating. Um, even if you've got 30%, this is not a percentage based thing. This is a separate pot of money that they're going to pay you for. Okay. So, you know, you guys can read them, loss of hand or foot, loss of the use of your hand or foot. So maybe if you still have your extremity, but it basically isn't doing, doing anything and, it, and it's, you know, you can't really use your foot. 
blindness, deafness, and one or both of those, um, you know, your eye or your ear, um, bedridden, paralysis. Um, so we see a lot of these. The one that we see the most, right, is this one here on the bottom. I mean, I do this one all the time, loss or loss of use of a reproductive organ. Okay, this is a big one. And I know Brian has been over this before with you guys. But this, the one I do the most on this is erectile dysfunction. Okay, that is a big one. Here I go joking again. Erectile dysfunction and also um, female sexual arousal disorder. Okay. Um, so with that one, you know, we consider if you have erectile dysfunction, which is easily tied to anything from PTSD, depression, anxiety, um, even, you know, chronic back pain, okay, because pain is something that can cause some disturbances with that, with that kind of stuff. Um, not always, but in certain conditions, that's, that can be considered if the nerves that supply um, that organ are affected by your low back pain, right? So that, if you are uh, suffering from erectile dysfunction, we can get, it's going to be 0% most likely, okay? But you're going to get an extra like $140 a month from the VA for having that disorder, okay? So it may be a 0%, but you're still getting $140 extra a month. And many people are like, oh, well, that's not a big deal. And I'm like, well, that's like $1,400 or $1,600 a year or whatever it turns out to be. And over, you know, the course of 10 years, that's a lot of dang money that you're leaving on the table. So I'm not saying like go and make stuff up, right? But a lot of you, I'll, I'll review your records and I see it in there. I see that you're taking Viagra. I see that you're taking Cialis. And I'm like, hey, we're leaving this one out on the table right now. Let's scoop it up. We, we can do this, right? Um, so uh, that, that is for that. Now, again, I mentioned this last time. So for the ladies, okay, female sexual arousal disorder, that is one that can also be claimed under the same special monthly compensation, okay? So if you have decreased libido or sex drive, right, and you're having pain with intercourse, things like that, this is something we can consider having added. Now, all of these things have to be diagnosed, okay? We go back to, we always go back to this. I cannot diagnose you, okay? Could I do that if I saw you, like, you know, if I was working in a clinic, of course, but that's not what we do here at VA Claims Insider and Prestige World Worldwide Medical Consulting. What we're doing is basically doing a review of your records and we're putting everything together for you, okay? Um, so that's what I wanted to touch base on, on that special monthly compensation, okay? Um, so back to, let me um, flip my camera here, okay? So back to the questions. Okay, so next question is going to be, is there a charge for our service? Okay, yeah, I mean, there is, but that's because we're, you know, dedicating our lives to this. I got to feed my family just like you guys got to feed yours. So I know Brian is, goes over this in great detail. VA Claims Insider doesn't collect a single penny until you guys win your cases, okay? And that's fantastic. And that, that, shows you how hard they are working for your case, okay? Because those other veterans that are employed helping you, they are busting their butts to make sure your case is 100% tight, right? Now, for the medical and psych teams, we are separate, okay? We are, a, we are, we got to keep it clean, right? We got to keep it clean. We, we cannot be, um, you know, our letters cannot be swayed by the amount of money we can be making on the back end from you guys, right? From your win, 
Okay, so we got to keep it clean. We got to be separate. We're independent contractors. So we keep it clean and we do it up front. Okay, and it's still very relatively low fee. Okay, um, you, we charge $200 per Nexus letter and $100 for, per DBQ. And that's straight up up front. That's you can see that on the website. It's, it's pretty cut and dry. And I will tell you that I love you guys to death and I love this company and there is nothing that would allow me to write a letter for you that I didn't believe in, okay? So I have veterans that'll come to me all the time and say, I wanna connect this, this, and this. I'll look at your case, I'll look at your file and if I don't think that you have like a 99% chance, I'm gonna say, hey bud, I don't. you need to go back and get stronger evidence. Like you just gotta do it, right? Um, if you keep pressing me, I'm going to keep advising you, Hey, like, I really think we have a better way of doing this. And if you've, and if you're very persistent and I think you've still got at least a 75% chance, I'll advise you of that. And I, and I might do it if you twist my arm hard enough, but if you have a cruddy case, I'm just not going to do it. I just won't because I'm not going to, I'm not going to set you up for failure that way or the team. Um, so you can rest assured that when you come, when you bring your stuff to the table, you're going to have a locked up case because we're just too, we got to stay above board, um, for you and for us. Like, it's just not, we're not going to poach on you guys like that. Right. Um, cause we're vets too. We don't want, that defeats the whole purpose. Anyways. So next question. Um, so I got a guy who said, Hey, I'm a combat engineer, 12 Bravo. I have tinnitus right? Or tinnitus. Um, you know, what, what can I do about that? I want to connect it to a whole bunch of things. Okay. Well, let me tell you guys, if you're a combat arms MOS, um, and, and I know Brian has probably touched on this before. If you're a, I'm about to flip this screen again. If you're a combat arms MOS, um, we don't need to connect it to anything a lot of times. Okay. There's this thing secret time. Okay. I don't know if you guys watch that guy on Netflix. He has this comedy special secret time. It's hilarious. Um, but secret time. So tinnitus or tinnitus, the, the VA and the military has this special list. Okay. And this list, I'll give you guys a sneak peek of it, tells me if your MOS or your AOC or whatever you guys call it. See, here's army enlisted, army officer, Navy, so on, you know, Marines, Air Force, there you are, Coast Guard, even merchant Marines. Okay. If you guys are whatever your MOS is, okay, even if it's an old, outdated MOS, I just Google, like, what is the current military police, you know, wh whatever it used to be, I convert it. And look here, all the MOSs are listed by number, and then we have these categories, highly probable, moderate, and low. So all I got to do is write a letter, and if you're combat arms, it's like a slam dunk, right? You say you got ringing in your ears, you're getting 10%. Okay, if you're a 11 Bravo, if you're a 12, if you're a combat engineer, if you're artillery, if you're a lot of these things, it's it's done. If you worked on the airfield and you were, you know, a pilot, things like that. Even you guys in the moderate category have a really strong chance. Now, you guys in the lower side, like me, I was medical, right? I was a 65 Delta PA. Well, I am a 65 Delta PA still, um, and a 68 Whiskey Medic at one time. You know. I'm in the low category, right? But the low category can still sometimes be arguable because like for me, even though I was a low uh, low probability, I worked in aviation, right? So I was a flight surgeon and I was, a, you know, I did a lot of flight stuff. So if you were a flight medic or if you were in an aviation unit, um, 
we can still make that happen primary, right? We don't need to serve it. We don't need to do a secondary service connection for those things, okay? And that's just a no-brainer, okay? So if you're if you're not reaching out for for tinnitus, um, we need to be re-examining that, okay? Um, now, hearing is a different is a different story. Hearing sometimes the VA is pretty strict on hearing. Um, and you'd have to get into that 38 code of federal regulations to um, really look look that one over um, with us. But the tinnitus is like, you know, especially with those high density MOSs uh, or those high risk MOSs, it's it's a no brainer. Okay, um, which brings me to my next question. So the 38 code of federal regulations. Okay, I know that we talked about this last time, but I want to reiterate it to you. Um, that you got to be, if you're not, you pay us to look for it, look through it. Okay. But if you want to educate yourself, I had an outpouring of veterans who said, Hey, I'm, I'm educating myself. I'm looking, I'm reading. I see what I have. I see what I, what I'm supposed to be rated at. Look it up. Um, so, and if you get called in for a comp and pen exam, cause sometimes we get called in for comp and pen exams, even with our documentation, sometimes the VA calls us in anyways, even with VA claims insider on board because they want to, and I don't even think it's cause they're calling BS on us. I think it's because their system is just so overwhelmed and broken. They just, it's just so random. They just still pull people in. Um, most of the time they don't, if we can submit fully developed claims, but sometimes they do. And if they do, my recommendation to you is to bring our documents. I'm not saying bring thousands of pages of documents because like I told you guys before, I'm a comp and pen examiner for the VA. Okay. Um, I will not name, name where we're at, although I have named it before. Um, if somebody came in with a DBQ and handed it to me, I'd be like, thanks. That's great because that's going to save me a whole lot of time. I'm going to go over the questions with you and then I'm going to go type it up. Okay. As a comp and pen examiner, not every, but not every comp and pen examiner is made the same. But if you brought me a stack of papers this thick, I'm like, they are, they already gave me your C file. I'm going to look through that. And what I will tell you is they do not usually give me private visit, like, I, I, I mean, they don't always give me private physician records in your C file, okay? Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. So your comp and pen examiner may not have even seen what you uploaded and any benefits from us, okay? The person that does see it is the um, person above them at the VA. They'll be looking at the comp and pen examiner stuff and they'll be looking at our stuff and, and putting it together. But sometimes that comp and pen examiner on the lower end has to be asked to make a decision whether your stuff should be service connected or not, okay? And if they're asking, if they don't have my Nexus letter from VA Claims Insider and they don't have my DBQ available for review, they might just say no. So what I would tell you is if you're going to your comp and pen exam and you have stuff from us, just bring those couple of documents with you and respectfully say, hey, my private physician or my private PA wrote this for me. I'd like you to just take a look. And they are obligated to do that, okay? Um, don't push it on them, but, but you know, push it on them. Um, so that's... But but before you go, review 38 Code of Federal Regulations for your whatever you're going in for. And it's not, it sounds scary. It sounds like it's a book like this thick, right? But it's not. Just go online, Google 38 Code of Federal Regulations, and do the drop downs so you find GERD or IBS or whatever the condition is, and just read it. It's like a paragraph. And then you'll see what percent gets what. Okay, it's not, it's all out there for the public. Okay, and that's what we use at the VA to rate people, okay?
All right, next question. Um, so, do I need to upload my VA medical records for VA Claims Insider? Well, yes, you do. But um, whenever you do that, whenever you sign up, you're going to get assigned a Veterans Claims expert. Okay. And that person is going to help you through that process. Okay. So they're going to help you through the process of what you need to do. And so that I can review some of your records so we can create this. Okay. So, but don't worry, we have all those things in place to handhold you through the process. Okay. That's what we do. All right. Um, so next question, I am having difficulty with understanding my C file. Can you provide assistance? Well, absolutely. Um, if you get you know, if you get with the company and your hand-holding person, your veterans claims expert, um, usually a retired NCO, right, or an ex-NCO, um, they're going to help you get all that stuff together. Now, when you're asking me about your C-file, like what's in it and stuff, I mean, it depends what the VA puts in it. So it should be like your VA health records, your DD-214, your service treatment records. Um, are those things always in there? No, no. But that's what's supposed to be in there. Um, the things that are important for me when I start to scan your record to see what other kind of conditions we can add are like um, something called your problem list. So usually I'll hit first thing I do after I look get your information is I hit control F to find and I look for um, something called your problem list and that has all of your diagnosed conditions. So I start scanning through those to see what other connections we can make. Okay. So not, I'm not just sitting here waiting for you to tell me what it is you want me to do. I listen, right? I listen, but then I look through your stuff and I pull out other things and I, and then I tell you, Hey, you've got these other five things that I think we could work. Whether we work them now or we work them later, I just want you to know that these are things because I don't expect you to know that. How would you know that? You know, I went to school for a really long time to understand medical medical language, right? So, so I'm going to pull some of those things out for you and give you an estimate of like, hey, we can also, I, see, I know you want sleep apnea to PTSD, but we've also got you know, allergies, GERD, IB, you know, we've got all these other things that we could be hitting, okay? And then you do what you want with that. You can say, yeah, Leah, let's do it, or let's wait and do round two later, or whatever. Um, so that's, that's that question. Um, so question number 10, um, maybe this is more of a comment. It says, secondary claims are what can get our veterans their deserving maximum percentages. Yeah, I guess that was a comment, but I agree. Okay, primary conditions, we can do them, right? But these secondary conditions, uh, watch my last video, um, are fantastic ways for us to link things, okay? So secondary service connections and primary service connections, we can make happen, but um, watch watch that last video and, and we can get working on those for sure. Um, how do I get a hold of you to look at my claim? Well, we just talked about that peanut butter and jelly, right? So VA Claims Insider Prestige Worldwide Medical Consulting are like peanut butter and jelly. So you sign up with um, VA Claims Insider and we can we can knock it out of the park, okay? Um, so next question, is it true I can't, oh, and by the way, if you, if you get linked up with me and I look in your file and I'm like, hey, you got nothing. You got, it's, it's rare that I say you got nothing. But if I, I'm not, I'll tell you that. You don't have to pay me money for me to tell you that. You know, it's like a free consultation, essentially. You get with me, you upload your records, you do all that stuff. I'm going to look at your file and I'm going to give you a, a no BS, um, 
hey, you got some solid stuff here and everything's up front and I'm gonna tell you, there's no secret hidden things. I'm gonna tell you like, this is what you got and this is what we can do or you got nothing. And then if I tell you, you got nothing, you're not out anything, right? Um, so uh, next question, uh, is it true that I can file for both PTSD and Gulf War syndrome? I was told I could only do one. Okay, so let's be really clear on that, okay? Gulf War Syndrome is not exactly something you can just claim. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a list of conditions that are presumptive to Gulf War Syndrome, okay? So a Gulf War veteran is someone who served from 1991 until present in multiple places. I'm not gonna go super ham on that right now. Um, and, and and really get into it because my battle buddy, Tara Thompson, is going to be giving a very specific brief on Gulf War Syndrome um, at the end of the month, I think on the 30th. So in about 13, 14 days, she's going to be giving a really special um, presentation on that. But um, yeah, you can claim lots of conditions presumptive to Gulf War and you can claim PTSD. I mean, absolutely. Um, so let's see. At what point, um, this is, this was like my favorite question. Um, at what point should I join the elite if I still have two years until my retirement? Oh my goodness. God, God bless you, you little active duty soldier. Um, you don't need me. Okay. You, you watch these videos and you educate yourself and you can prep your file on the front side. Okay. To not need me on the back side. Okay. And, and when I was on active duty, that's what I did. Right. That was like my favorite thing to do is I would sit down with these guys that were 20 plus years and we would, um, just do an outline of all their conditions and say, okay, let's knock these out and get them documented. I always would advise veterans, whether you're a reservist or active duty or whatever, um, go see, um, there's like a medical legal on every post. Go see the lawyers there if you want to. Um, you know, the there there is a section that's specifically for medical legal JAG officers that can sit down with you and go over your stuff. So if you're still on active duty, go and see those guys or go see your PA. Hopefully they're not a butt. Hopefully they're cool and they're going to help you with your stuff. Um, so beyond that, um, how long is the turnaround? That's the next question. How long is the turnaround? My appeal is due to the board at the end of the month. Um, I've been waiting to submit new evidence. I've been fighting for 11 years, okay? So our turnaround on the med team is generally 14 to 21 days, okay? Um, I will say that my turnaround is generally a lot faster than 14 to 21 days. Usually, um, you know, before we got super crazy busy, it was usually like 48 hours. I'd get you your documents. But now I'm like, if you only have one or two conditions, I usually can bust it out in about 72 hours or less. Um, if you've got like five or six things, I might be creeping closer to that 14 to 21 days, but um, you can always request a rush too. We have the option to do a rush fee. Like if you know your stuff is due like in 48 hours, um, we, have a, we have a rush option, which makes you be able to kind of bypass and jump to the top. Now, we don't, I, I don't encourage people just to select rushes because they just want to be bumped to the front of the line. But if you know you have a super tight case, um, select rush. Like if you know your stuff is due in like one or two days, we'll, we'll get it done. Um, we'll make it happen. 
Um, so next question. Um, okay. So the next question is about TBIs. Okay. So this is a good one. Um, so somebody basically wants to know about how do you claim TBI. So let's talk about TBI real quick. TBI or traumatic brain injury is not necessarily a diagnosis. It's an event, right? Traumatic brain injury is an event, okay? Um, so if somebody comes up to me and says, hey, I have TBI, I'm like, mm, you had a TBI. What you have now is the residuals of TBI. So maybe you have... Um, you have memory loss as a residual to your TBI. If you have brain damage to your TBI, then we would call that brain damage to the frontal lobe or something like that, okay? TBI is like an event, it's a concussion. It's, it's like saying, I have, if you're nauseous, it's like saying, I have throw up, right? Well, you have na nausea and you, and you throw up, but, but is there a reason for it? Do you have a pancreatitis? Do you have something like that? So. When people say, I have TBI, well, you have a history of TBI, okay? So, and you have residuals of TBI, meaning you're still having symptoms related to that event. And so that's the way the VA actually pays you, okay? So there's two ways that the VA um, rates TBI, okay? The first one is, um, uh, you know, headache uh, as due to residuals of TBI, migraine, right? So if you have a named condition, um, you know, for example, PTSD with TBI residuals. So they'll take your PTSD diagnosis and maybe take it from 50 to 75, 70% because you've got history of TBI. Or you've got migraines, um, they're going to rate you for migraines as a residual to TBI, okay? So it'll look like that on your rating, okay? Now, so basically each individual condition under TBI can be rated and broken out separately, okay? Um, that's one way. Okay, now the other way, I'm about to flip the screen again. Um, okay, oh shoot, I didn't copy my little thing here from the CFR, scratch that. So the second way, if you look in 38 CFR, is there's a catch-all, okay? So the catch-all says, basically everything I just said, like if you've got headaches, um, we're going we're gonna to call it, not headaches, migraines, a named condition, migraines as secondary to TBI. If it doesn't fit into one of those named diagnoses, then it's going to fit into what's called residuals of TBI, okay? And so what that is, is you can get a rating that says residuals of TBI and it's a catch-all and it has all of your other stuff un under it that's not named. Like if you've got a seizure disorder, that's going to be seizures secondary to TBI or seizures as a residual of TBI. This other category is going to be residuals of TBI and it's going to have like memory loss, um, nausea, um, you know, things like that. Um, just a catch-all that doesn't have, that doesn't fall under the broken out categories. Okay. And so if you have this residuals of TBI with all these non, um, non-named conditions, all these symptoms, what they do is we, we can write a letter saying you have residuals of TBI with all these things. Now, remember, you have to have a TBI diagnosis and an event noted in your history, okay? Or you got to have buddy letters or something like that. So we take that and what we do is we write the letter and then the VA will call you in and they'll do a very extensive exam that, that it's a DBQ, right? The comp and pen exam. And they'll put all of those and group them all together and decide which, which percentage you fall under for those residuals. So you can get 
all the named conditions broken out separately, and then you can get the residuals as a lump broken out as well, okay? So you can be rated like 10 times for TBI, but it's all separate, okay? Um, so that's about that. TBI is kind of a complex one, but we can, we can do it, okay? And, and especially a lot of you probably don't even realize that you're having some residuals because like I know when I was deployed and we were on the road, like, you know, this was when I was on the road in like uh, 06 to 08 for 15 months, we were on the road probably three or four days a week for like 10 hours a day. And if there was a day that our convoy didn't get hit by an IED, it wasn't a normal day, sometimes more than once a day, right? And so a lot of that's not documented, especially when we're talking about like stuff from, so, sorry about that, so, especially when you're talking about stuff from the earlier years, you know, but getting buddy letters from people that were there, things like that, that, that will help. Okay. Um, so that's it on TBI. Um, next question. If I couldn't connect GERD to Gulf War and only got 10%, did I screw myself out of that? Okay. Well, you never screw yourself because we can always go back to the table. Okay. But I want to be clear on this because I think there was a little confusion after my last video. Um, GERD is not something that we generally connect to Gulf War, okay? Um, in fact, it's often denied, okay? So IBS, yes. Um, any kind of what we call functional gastrointestinal disorders, things that are not structural in nature, things that are like IBS is like I have diarrhea all the time or I have constipation, things that aren't. Um, GERD itself is like um, gastroesophageal reflux. There's, there's generally additional acid production and there's structural changes, okay? Um, but GERD, we can always tie off to NSAID use very easily. So if you have any orthopedic condition, I don't care if it's pinky pain and it's service connected and you have GERD, it's happening. It's happening, okay? So if you take, if you buy Tums over the counter, you have gastric reflux, okay? Go get it diagnosed at the urgent care. Come back to me. We're gonna write your letter and it's gonna happen, okay? Um, so next we're getting close to the end guys. So next question, um, I was told I need a nexus letter from my primary care physician. Can anyone give me info on this? Well, we hit, we hit the highlights on that earlier. So just reiterate, um, you know, make sure that you not only have those statements that say this is more likely than not due to his service connection, but have some evidence to back that up. Okay. It can't just be a two, like a, like a page with two sentences on it. The VA is going to throw that out. Okay. We use a lot of research. So I, I use a lot of research articles that I cite. I use VA appeals cases. I put in my letters. So it's, it's not just like a two sentence thing. The VA doesn't care about that. Um, so, um, here's another question that, that is near and dear to my heart, right? So are there any presumptions for paratroopers? Okay. Yes, there are. Um, so if you're a paratrooper or if you did some other type of high risk duties, okay, whether it's, you know, you've got an air assault identifier, um, you are special forces and you have that in your, your medical records that there's evidence of, um, let me show you something. Okay. So on hazardous duties. Okay. So as you can see here, it's, it's in the CFR. Okay. Um, it's very nonspecific, but it basically says that um, the basis of places, types, and circumstances of service as shown by service records, official history of each organization in which served is evidence, okay? So if you're in the 82nd Airborne Division, 
right, all the way, um, and you were on jump status, that's going to be in your DD-214, okay? And and you can upload your jump log if you want to, but if you have a if you have it on your DD-214 that you have a PAPA identifier and you have an airborne badge, that is enough evidence for the VA to know that you jumped out of a damn airplane at least five times, okay? So if you did that, then that is enough evidence for me to write a letter and say, hey, he has chronic knee pain or he has back pain because he jumped out of a perfectly good aircraft multiple times and busted his butt with tons of gear, okay? So that's enough for us to get um, to get you linked up. Somebody's asking real quick on here, are there stuff for submariners? Well, I don't know because I wasn't a submariner, but what I can tell you is I certainly will look it up. I will certainly work on that for you. If you had what's considered a high-risk MOS um, or high-risk job or extra identifier, whether you're a halo, whether you're a diver, whether you're a lot of these things, you know, those are high-risk um, training events that you were exposed to, okay? If you're EOD, like, come on. We, we know that you deployed and you're EOD. You were next to, like, stuff all the time, blasts all the time. That might even could be a TBI, right? Because you don't have to be knocked unconscious to have um, a TBI, okay? So if you're a Charlie, right? If you're 12 Charlie, if you're some kind of combat engineer and we can prove that you've been repeatedly exposed to explosions, you might have a, um, you might have a case, right? Uh, okay. So qualifying versus quantifying, okay? I want to reiterate this to you guys again because we have had, um, this is a very important thing for you guys to understand. So nexus letters qualify a condition, okay? And what I mean by qualify, it's like a yes or a no, okay? So it's yes, their knee pain is related to service or no, it's not. So we're writing language to say it should be, we're qualifying it, okay? Now when we're talking about quantifying, that's where the DBQ comes into place, okay? So the DBQ is gonna basically say, um, how bad is it? And it's gonna rate it within the CFR, okay? So the nexus letter ties it to your service, okay? Without that, you don't have a leg to stand on, unless it's, unless it's in your service treatment record and you can prove that, okay? Then you're, you're good. Um, so that's gonna qualify it, okay? The DBQ itself is what quantifies it and it marries up to that 38 Code of Federal Regulation that says this is worth 10%, 20%, 30%, 40%, whatever. That's why we do them together. So we qualify it and say, hey, uh, they have gastric reflux related to their anti-inflammatory use for years of taking it from knee pain, right? And then I'm gonna do a DBQ for GERD that says they got substernal chest pain, arm pain, whatever it is, and that's going to tell the VA, hey, they should get 30% for this or whatever, whatever your symptoms are, okay? So qualifying and quantifying, those are two different things, okay? So um, next question. Let's see. When the VA makes their assessments and they disregard any issues the veteran patient may have, like ignoring the problems the veteran is having, and in some cases just, just outright not making any notations or avoiding the medical conditions altogether, um, what does your letter do? How does it help? Okay, so again, um, I talked about this at the beginning of, of the lecture today that you guys just need to go in there and talk about one thing at a time because if you're going in there with 20 things, it's... I, they should still document it. But if you're going in there with one thing, how can they leave it out? If you go in there to see them for one singular thing, how can they leave your stuff out? 
it, there's no excuse. It can't be, oh, they came in for 10 things and we just didn't have time for all those. You came in for one thing, there's gonna be a document on it, right? Um, my letter will help. I can't, I can't diagnose you in my letter, but what I can do is synopse what they're saying so that we can get a service connected, okay? Um, I wanna throw a shout out to my sister-in-law, Lisa Buckles. I see you there. Hi, I see you watching. Um, she's also a service-connected uh, disabled veteran and multiple combat veteran as well. Um, okay, so the next question, I got two questions left, or three. Can you use your insurance to pay for us? No, I'm sorry, well, you can't. We're, we're not even really doing healthcare, we're doing, we're doing medical legal consulting, so we're, we're advising, okay? Um, can a nurse practitioner make a diagnosis of a medical condition in order to link it as a secondary illness? And will the VA accept their diagnosis? Yes, sir. Yes, they can. So a nurse practitioner or a physician assistant can write a letter just as the just as a physician does and the VA will accept it. Okay. Um, so last question, which is more of a humble brag, but um, why can't all reps be like Leah and the other med team members? We need you guys in every office. Um, if I would have had reps like our med team, I would have gotten um, off my feet a long time ago and, and not been such a burden to my family. Well, I'm I'm sorry to hear that. Um, I don't feel like we're doing anything special, right? We, I mean, we are doing something special with you guys, but it pisses me off because other people should be, they should be taking care of you guys. The VA should be doing this. Other organizations should be doing this, okay? I'm doing the standard, okay? I don't feel like we're going above and beyond the standard. We are doing what you deserve, okay? And why aren't other people doing that? I don't know, okay? I don't think it's negligence. I just think it's like, they just don't know. You know, they just they just haven't spent the time to, to really fight for you guys. And it's not, and me doing this, it isn't just fighting for you guys. It's fighting for my own family too, right? Um, my, my sister-in-law, you know, my husband, myself, my mother-in-law, who's a veteran, uh, my ex-husband, who he's kind of raggedy, but he's still, you know, family, right? We, we fight to, to help each other, to help our brothers and sisters. Um, and, and I'm glad to be a part of that. So thank you so much for allowing me to be here um, because I'm proud of, of this, more proud than almost anything I've ever done, okay? Um, again, thank you, um, Tara Thompson, um, my battle buddy, my squad leader right now in the army. She's she's coming on board um, to do a to do a lecture at, towards the end of the month, and and we can definitely um, answer more questions and, and really get you guys tightened up on that Gulf War syndrome stuff. So thank you again for allowing me to be here and be a part of something so great. And um, you guys continue being awesome insiders, and I hope to work with you guys very soon. Thanks again.